Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mid-East Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. As Christians, we are God's light shining in a dark world. Today, Pastor J.D. asserts that we are in the way of evil and obstructing Satan's plans of destruction. Praise God that we have the promise of heaven and don't have to be afraid of what the future tribulation holds. Keep watch for that great day when our Savior returns. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 24th, 2023. What's Bretton Woods? I'm glad you asked. This is from the Federal Reserve History website. It's a publication titled, Creation of the Bretton Woods System. Listen very carefully, quoting, A new international monetary system, a new financial architecture and structure, was forged by delegates from 44 nations in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, in July 1944. Delegates to the conference agreed to establish the International Monetary Fund, IMF, and what became the World Bank Group, the system of currency convertibility that emerged from Bretton Woods lasted until 1971. What happened in 1971? I'm glad you asked. August 15, 1971. The United States terminated convertibility of the U.S. dollar to gold, effectively bringing the Bretton Woods system to an end and rendering the dollar a fiat currency. And Guterres wants a new Bretton Woods moment. You need a moment? You need a Bretton Woods moment? You know what that means? We need to come back to the table and restructure a new architectural financial system as they did in 1944 in Bretton Woods, New Jersey. Back to the quote, it gets worse. Guterres then goes on to explain what he calls high impact initiatives to support six targeted areas, it's always six, where urgent transitions are needed. Here are the six, and we have the link to the PDF file that you can download. I'm going to abbreviate it. Number one, food supply. Number two, renewable energy. Number three, hang on to this one, digital governance. Digital governance. Number four, how about this one, education societies? That doesn't sound good. Number five, of course, social justice. And lastly, number six, climate change. Okay, so wait. So these are high-impact initiatives, six targeted areas, 
where urgent transitions are needed in this accelerating of and achieving of the SDGs. All six of these. That's what their evil global rescue plan is, which begs the question of how they are even now reinvigorating and accelerating this evil global rescue plan. I want to answer the how question. I just explained what it is. How? How are they going to do it? Well, I want to draw your attention to this United Nations General Assembly, Economic and Social Council, advanced, unedited version of the General Assembly, 78th session. That's a mouthful. Specifically, item 19 of the preliminary list, sustainable development, progress towards a rescue plan, watch this, for people and planet. Ah. You're not just trying to rescue the SDGs. you got to save the world. We need a Savior to rescue people and planet. No, you don't. We already have a Savior. (laughs) And spoiler alert, it's not going to be a rescue plan for earth. It's going to be the new heavens and earth. But I digress. Listen to this quote from Guterres on page 3, section 9 through 11. Quote, first, I urge heads of state and government to recommit to seven years of accelerated, sustained, and transformative action, both nationally and internationally, to deliver on the promise of the SDGs. I didn't make that promise. I know I'm doing it again, but it's, you promise? That's your problem. I just need to get that off my chest. I didn't ask for this. Yeah, but we made a promise. I don't care. I don't need your promise. I have the promise of God, the Word of God. Now, still quoting, this calls for the, watch this word, strengthening. That's a Daniel 9.27 word of social cohesion to secure dignity. Ah, it sounds so nice opportunity, and rights for all, while reorienting economies through green and digital transitions. Stop right there. Yeah, we were doing okay for a bit there. I mean, of course, opportunities, rights, and but then you just, like a lamb to the slaughter, are taking me into a restructured, reoriented economy, and you're going to do it through green and digital transitions. What is this reorienting economies through green and digital transitions about? Well, you get to page 31, it tells you what it is. Fully leverage digital technology to expand the foundations, including registries, digital IDs, and financial inclusion, on which more comprehensive, dynamic, and adaptive social protection systems can be built. Sounds like the beast system to me. Sounds like exactly what the Bible says would happen during the seven-year tribulation to me. You know what they said here? 
a lot of fancy Nancy words. But when you, uh, as they say, read between the lines, this is what they're saying. Simply put, this evil plan can be summed up as a biodigital ID tracking and verifying of everyone and anyone's eligibility predicated upon their social credit scores and or carbon credit scores, all of which will determine whether or not they can buy or sell hmm, vis-a-vis this universal digital ID system by virtue of how it will be directly connected to one's accounts and payment apps. I've said it before, I'll say it again, I hope you don't tire me saying it. This device that you have on you, and it's on you, it's okay, I won't look. They're going to take what is on you, and not you, (laughs) and they're going to try to put it in you. What if I told you that everything I've just shared comes down to this? Your vaccination verification. Oh, there he goes again. Now, just hear me out. Pictured here is this Apple Insider post on how to add your COVID vaccination card to your Apple wallet. Oh, yeah, like I'm searching how to do that. Basically, they're selling, promoting all the benefits and the convenience, particularly the convenience. Oh my goodness, you want it on there, so it's one-stop shopping for all. (laughs) Was that too much? Let me just give you this quote. You could do the same thing as electronic cards, payment cards, event tickets, and even keys, and add the vaccination card to Apple Wallet. Okay. (laughs) So this is where the young people are going, no way. And then the older people are going, what's an Apple Wallet now? I have an Apple and I have a wallet. I didn't know they had an Apple Wallet. That's okay. This is the technology that's described in the Bible. Bible prophecy describes this technology. And it's the technology that we have today. In fact, if you go too far from today, you exceed the technology that we have prophesied in the Bible. The technology that's described in the book of Revelation is the technology that we already have today, and have had for a while, by the way. You actually don't even need your phone You'll just be able to, you can already do it. I'm not going to tell you where, because I'm just not going to tell you where. But you can just walk in, and it's a palm. Oh, your forehand? Yeah. Wait, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, you know, I I forgot my wallet. No problem. Hey, I want to get this airline ticket, because I want to travel. Well, you need your vaccination. Oh, I forgot my vaccination card. No problem. We'll scan your forehand. Oh, you don't have, oh, we can do one in the forehead if you want. And by the way, you'll forgive my imagination, but when you're sitting in front of your computer, can you picture this with me? Just indulge me, okay? Don't look at me like that. You're sitting in front of your computer. What is aimed right at your forehead? And what is your forehand on? The trackpad or the mouse or the keyboard? Some of you are looking again at me, especially younger people, By the way, younger people, we love you very much, sort of. But that's antiquated. 
And by the way, can I just get this off my chest too, young people? When you guys text, how do you do that? (laughs) Here I am, I'm like, okay, so um, my 16 year old daughter's looking at me going like, really? Give me that thing. Anyway, I just need to get that off my chest. So it's not sitting in front of your computer. It's you're on your device. That's worse. Forehand, forehead. How about that? Take that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't use a computer. Well, they still got your forehead and your forehand. Either way. And that's how you pay. You just walk up, and it's all there. Do you know how much information they can put on just something so microscopic in size? That's the technology. Example, this will date me, but whatever. My first computer was an IBM PC clone. The year, 1982. Didn't even have a hard drive. Okay, you remember the five and a quarter inch floppy disks? Yeah. How about the dot matrix printer? (laughs) How about those first cell phones? I bought my first cell phone in 1987, the Motorola 8000. Why 8000? Because that's how much it weighed. They were also called brick phones. I'm actually going somewhere with this. Just bear with me. The brick phones, the techno, and the display. Young people today would look at you like, what are you doing? Here's the display. It's the red LED, and the phone's this big. The screen's this big. I'm having a flashback here, but (laughs) that was the technology at that time in that day. And... Now look at the technology of today. I remember when I got my first hard drive, 20 megabytes. I'm like, oh, I'll never fill that up. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I might as well. Why not? I just, I got nothing to lose, so who cares? In my pocket, I have a flash drive. Oh my God, I already forgot how many gigabytes is just on this just on this. Gigabytes. I get a 20 megabyte hard drive on my PC. I'm thinking I'll never fill that up. Oh yeah, no you will. We'll make sure that you do, because then you're going to have to get a 40 megabyte hard drive. Then you're going to have to get a 100 megabyte, then a three. Then we're going to go from megabytes to, did I skip one? No, it is megabytes to gigabytes, right? And then terabytes, and then I don't want to know what the bytes are after that. It's, they, they actually have bytes after Terra, but that's not the point. What's your point? My point is the technology is already in place. It's already in place. Now, right now, it's just a convenience, voluntarily. It's being promoted as this voluntary convenience, but what if I told you that it was just a matter of time before it goes from voluntary to mandatory, exactly as Bible prophecy says it will in Revelation 13. How? Well, by way of a nationwide and worldwide emergency, please hear me out, which right on schedule, 
will actually be tested nationally on Wednesday, October 4th, by none other than FEMA and the FCC. You heard about this? FEMA and the FCC are joining hands together in this evil plan to conduct an emergency alert test which will target all consumer cell phones, all cellular devices, all radios, and all televisions displaying a test message. You know what I'm talking about? No matter where you're at, they got you, and they're going to get this test alert to you. Okay, you're watching TV. I don't watch TV anymore. In fact, I remember turning on the TV and just watched a little bit of the news. I almost threw up, literally. I got sick. I, I was like, I used to watch this all the time. I cannot believe it. You know when you've walked away from something and you come back to it? It's just breathtaking. Well, let's say you're watching TV. And you know how it is when all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, and they turn the volume up really loud. I got a lot of things I got to get off my chest today. This is a test of the emergency broadcasting system. And if this were an actual emergency, we know where you are. No, that's it. That's what this is about. Make no mistake about it. Really, that's the purpose of the test? Well, let me quote what they say the purpose of the test is. I want you to listen to this. The purpose of the test is to ensure that the systems continue to be effective means of warning the public about emergencies, particularly those on the national level. Oh, wow, you really care. Oh, yeah, yeah, you really care. Interesting. Pastor, just kind of parenthetically, a side note, can they do that? You better believe they can. Wait, they have the technology to send an alert to everyone and everything? Yeah! See, that's kind of scary a little bit. A few years ago, I had my son, who has taught me a lot about this kind of stuff. He said, Baba, not only can they tell if you're in the home or not, they actually know what room you're in in your own home. So have a nice afternoon. You see where I'm going with this? So why do you point this out? Why do you bring this up? Why do I need to know this? Because, and I want you to think through this with me, these tests and exercises or drills, if you prefer, are always preceding of or simultaneous with an actual created crisis. Why do you say it like that? Because the crisis is first simulated, then created. What do you mean? Oh, they create the crisis in order to control the reaction and activate the final solution, just as they did with 9-11 and subsequently what we call COVID-19. Did you already forget? Actually, that's biblical. That's not being mean or snarky. The Apostle Paul writing to the Thessalonians, in fact, we're going to look at it, chapter 2, his second letter, said, don't you remember when we talked about this, when I told you these things, when I was with you? Did you already forget? I'm basically hiding under the umbrella of the Apostle Paul asking you, (laughs) do you not remember in 2019, October, event 201, 
They simulated a coronavirus pandemic. October 2019. Eerily similar to what they would create in 2020. So they first simulated it, then they created it. Are we okay with that? You understand that? You get that, right? Do you want to leave? That's fine. Bye. If you, <laughs> There he goes again. It's true. Can I just take you back to 9-11? I don't want to, but I'm going to. Do you know that on that Tuesday, September the 11th of 2001, do you know how many simulations they were doing simultaneously with what they were creating? In fact, it was part of the overall plan. So again, pastor, why are you getting all worked up and why are you bringing this up? Because they're doing it again. We should stand up and take notice when they have a simulation, an exercise, a drill, a test, an alert, a tabletop exercise. When? So I can start making plans now, because whenever you guys do that, I know what's coming. Because you're going to simulate it first, and then you're going to create it after you simulate it. Am I right? You can go back. All of these operations, Operation Dark Winter, Operation All of the Above, all of those were exercises and drills that were simulated prior to that which was created. So you got my attention. October 4th, you're going to simulate (laughs) this. Okay, well, let's do this, because it's exactly what my Bible says is going to happen. Okay, question. What are they waiting for? Uh, answer, Second Thessalonians 2. They're waiting for the restrainer to be taken out of the way and the church to be raptured out of the way. And by the way, they can't wait till we're out of the way, because we're in the way right now. Did you know that? We're in the way of their evil plan, and they hate us, and they can't wait for us to leave so they can get on with it. But they can't get on with it until we're taken out of the way, and the restrainer's taken out of the way. Then it's like, okay, go ahead, you do whatever you want now. Well, we need seven years. You got it. Seven years, go. We'll be in heaven in that place that Jesus said He went to prepare for us in His Father's house, celebrating while you're tribulating for seven years down here. Again, I'm not trying to be snarky, but Second Thessalonians, the entire chapter, chapter 2, is a really a detailed prophecy chronologically laid out for us, where the Apostle Paul begins by saying, don't you guys remember? He was there in Thessalonica for three months. He was ran out of town. And he writes these letters to them because he loves them and wish he had more time with them. But isn't it interesting that the three months that he had with them, he taught them Bible prophecy and the rapture. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Some of what you've heard today may have encouraged you in your faith, and at times it may have brought up more questions that you would like answered. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, go to jdfarag.org and find the contact link at the bottom of the page. 
That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you can let us know some of the questions you might have, and we'll get back to you and try to answer those questions as best we can. While you're on our website, feel free to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. If what Pastor J.D. shared today has you really confused about what it means to know Jesus and life beyond this life, there's a resource for you that might be helpful. At jdfarag.org, find the ABCs tab. This will walk you through what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus and what that means for you going forward. Once again, our website is jdfarag.org. If you're ever in or near the Kaneohe area, we'd love to have you come join us. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times and directions on our website. Just scroll to the bottom and click on Calvary. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Thanks for listening in to the Prophecy Update for today. We hope you'll join us for our next edition of In Spirit and Truth, where Pastor J.D. has much to share with you about what God's been putting on his heart. The Bible and its prophecies are not to be taken lightly. And so we'll keep digging in on In Spirit and Truth.